only five days till Christmas, and I guess my official Christmas present to you is that in the coming days, there will be no more men's-only editions of the Igloo and women's-only, because once conference play ramps up, it's all going to be tied in together, because now... On both side, on both sides now, the women have adopted the format where they're not doing the Friday Sunday thing as often. Obviously, the men format remains the same. So, probably after the holidays, no more men's and women's only editions. So that is my Christmas gift to you. But welcome to this only women's edition of the Igloo. Obviously, you heard from what happened on the men's side. On the women's side, Saturday. Seton Hall taking on Fordham at Rose Hill Gymnasium. This was, as expected, a back-and-forth affair, tightly contested. Seton Hall, actually, their biggest lead was by 12 in this game, and that came in the fourth quarter when they made it 68-56. You know, they start off the fourth quarter 18 to 9 in the first, but 18 to 9 just over six minutes into the fourth quarter. And it was a high scoring fourth quarter. Pirates end up holding on. They still remain undefeated on the road, winning in the Bronx 78 72. And Lauren Park Lane went off in this game 35 points, five assists, 12 of 26 from the field. Three for six from behind the arc. Ten points for Shalyn Hagens. Three for three from the field. Nine rebounds for the transfer from Ole Miss. Nine off the bench from Azana Baines. Eight rebounds. Twenty minutes played. Got six points from Sydney Cooks. Eight rebounds in twenty-two minutes. Just three for eight from the field. Four points each from Maya Bembry to go with eight rebounds in 30 minutes. Four points as well for Alexia Alesh, who also happened to have a birthday recently. 16 minutes played, two for four from the field, four rebounds. Uh, Three points each from Kay Satterfield and Jayla Jordan. And then uh, two points each from Shaylin Pinckney and Amari Wright. As a whole, Seton Hall... 4 for 12 from deep, that's 33%, and shot 45% overall from the field. And they hold Fordham to just under 40% from the field and 24% from behind the arc. Leading the way for the Rams was Zaya Dingle with 26 on 11 of 20 shooting, 2 for 5 from behind the arc, Megan Jonasson with 14 points and 9 rebounds. 13 for Anna DeWolf. No, she's not the Wolf. DeWolf, that's the last name. <laughs> Sorry. 5 for 18 from the floor, 2 for 9 from behind the arc. 11 off the bench in 23 minutes from Jada DePa. Although she, she did foul out. 23 minutes off the bench, 7 rebounds, 5 for 7 from the floor. 
She was the only player to score off the bench for Fordham. Five points also for Caitlin Downey, and then three points from Sarah Carpel, who also fouled out. So the Pirates, seven wins in a row. They're now up to nine and three. Meanwhile, Xavier suffered their first non-conference loss of the season on Saturday by dropping one at home to Eastern Michigan. 51-44 the final. And it was a low-scoring affair throughout the entire contest. And as a matter of fact, it was only 17-16 to at halftime. And 32-29 after three. But Eastern Michigan had a big fourth quarter. They outscored the Musketeers 22-12. to And the Eagles pull off, I guess you can call it an upset, 51-44. Double-double to lead the way for Sonara Skeins. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 5 for 6 from the floor, 2 for 2 from deep, and oh, 6 for 6 from the free throw line. Nine points for Lachelle Austin, but just two for 14 from the floor and 0 for 5 from behind the arc. She did go 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Seven points off the bench from... Oof, this is this is a doozy of a name. Erek Patan Mamadou. 22 minutes, 7 points, 6 rebounds. Six points in 25 minutes off the bench from Olivia Smith... And then back to the starters, five points from Natalia Pineda. Four from Zadaya Nelson. And two points from Tyra Eke. By the way, uh, no, no one in double figures for Xavier. And both teams were under 30% from the field and from three. But big difference in this game. Xavier, 10 for 16 from the free throw line. Eastern Michigan, 21 of 27. And that negated sloppy game too. 22 turnovers for the Eagles, 18 for the Musketeers. Leading the way with only 9 points, Michaela Scarlett. 2 for 11 from the field, 2 of 5 from behind the arc. 8 points for Fernanda Ovalle, who is just 3 for 11 from the field. 6 each for Courtney Pranger and... Taylor Smith. Smith did it off the bench in 22 minutes, but was just 2 for 11 from the floor and 0 for 5 from behind the arc. Pranger had 10 rebounds and fouled out while also blocking a couple shots. 5 each for Anaya Harris and Nyla Blackford. Blackford also 2 for 11 from the field. She did have 10 rebounds in 27 minutes off the bench. Three points for just a three from Kasia Woods and eight and eight rebounds in twenty four minutes, and then two points in nine minutes for Kaylee Addy. So the Musketeers have been on a bit of a tough stretch now. I mean, they're already winless in conference play at zero and three, and they've lost four of their last six. After starting five and zero, and they got they still have one more non conference tune up against Memphis coming up 
uh, this week, which I'll preview in a little bit. In a top 25 showdown, number 21 Arkansas un- coming in unbeaten at 12-0, visiting number 16 Creighton at Sokol Arena. Arkansas goes into Omaha with revenge on the mind after Creighton just blew the doors off of them in Fayetteville a year ago. And Woo Pig Suey, the Razorbacks get revenge, 83-75. And the second and third quarters were the difference maker as the Razorbacks outscored the Blue Jays 48-36 and route to an 83-75 win, leading the way for the Razorbacks 26 from Samara Spencer, 10 of 17 from the field, 5 for 7 from behind the arc. By the way, four starters and double figures, 16 from Sailor Poffenbarger, and she also happened to grab 11 rebounds. 15 from Aaron Barnum, and 14 from Michaela Daniels. Off the bench, 10 combined points, 6 from Riley Langerman, and all those points came from behind the arc in 25 minutes, and then 4 points in 10 minutes from Mariam Dauda. And then a couple free throws in 15 minutes from Chrissy Carr. Creighton rebounded well and shot free throws well. They were plus 10 on the glass, 84% from the free throw line. But their struggles from three-point land and from the field kind of did them in. They were 8 of 35 from behind the arc. That's right, only around 23%. And they shot just around 35% from the field, whereas Arkansas was around 46% from the field and from from distance. Morgan Molly with 24 points and 9 rebounds, 5 of 13 from the floor and 2 of 8 from deep. 13 each for Emma Ronzik and Lauren Jensen. Ronzik 1 of 5 from deep. She did foul out. 5 for 11 from the floor is still solid, but Jensen, rough day for the junior 4 of 16 from the floor, 1 of 8 from deep. Meanwhile, off the bench, Jamie Horan gave them a bit of a spark as she scored 11 points in just 12 minutes, 3 for 4 from behind the arc, 3 of 5 overall, 6 points in 28 minutes off the bench for Carly Bachelor, 11 rebounds, 3 of 8 from the field. And then four each for Molly Mogensen and Rachel Saunders. Saunders, 16 minutes, 2 for 2 from the field. Mogensen, percentage-wise, just didn't have the stuff. Just 1 for 9 from the floor, 1 of 8 from behind the arc as Creighton falls to 8-2. and two. The Razorbacks now 13-0. and 0. Sunday, number 9 UConn taking on Florida State in the opening game of the Hall of Fame Women's Showcase. So I wish I had published the episode, you know, after the news came out. Not only did Nika Mule come back, but so did Dorka Juhas. And the addition, I mean, obviously Mule's a big addition to, to bring back. But Juhas brought another dimension and brought some well-needed depth. And the Huskies, they started off red hot. They were up 26-11 to 11 after one. And they led by... 18 at the break. It was 53 to 35. But Florida State, they nearly made it a game. 
But the Huskies, they avoid back-to-back losses, which, again, it hasn't happened in three decades. UConn wins 85-77. Only seven players in this game, I guess, Enos Betancourt. Obviously, with Mule coming back, you know, not really as much of a necessity for her to be on the court, but Aaliyah Edwards, 26 points on 12 of 17 shooting in 36 minutes. 23 from Lou Lopez Senechal, 7 for 15 for the floor, 4 of 9 from behind the arc. Dorky Juhas in her first game back, 15 points and 9 boards, 5 for 13 from the floor, 1 of 2 from deep. 9 points off the bench in 31 minutes from Caroline Ducharme, who played a lot of the minutes that Aubrey Griffin normally would, but she only played 18 minutes and was battling foul trouble. 4.6 boards and 4 assists for her. Ducharme, 9 points, 3 for 8 from the floor, 1 of 4 from deep. 7 rebounds as well, and then first game back for Nika Mule. 6 points on 1 of 5, all from behind the arc. 6 boards, but she's back to her usual tricks. 12 assists. And then uh, 2 points in just 2 minutes off the bench, both from the free throw line from Ayana Patterson. The Huskies, plus 15 on the glass, 46-31. 7 of 21 from deep, and they shot nearly 48% from the field. I think the big thing is moving forward with UConn, you know, they got to limit the turnovers because they committed nearly 20 in this game. As for the Seminoles, they were under 40% from the field and just and under 30% from deep. Leading the way, 24 from, and of course it's not loading on me now, which is great. Tania Latson uh, leads the way with 24 points. Meanwhile, 18 points from Aaron Howard. 11 each from Michaela Timpson and... Mariana Valenzuela. So, oh man. So now that I hear this, and given that she is a native of Mexico, now it's got me thinking: Is she related to the great Dodger pitcher Fernando Valenzuela? I. I don't think I I don't think I see anything. It was just a um just a theory and it proved to be from what I can gain from what I can gather not really the case. But anyways, Valenzuela 16 minutes had those 11 points, 4 for 7 from the floor and 2 for 5 from behind the arc. 7 points from Sarah Bajidi. Six points from Omaria Gordon in 24 minutes off the bench. So the Huskies eight and two on the year. The Knolls fall to eleven and one, eleven and two. Excuse me. Back to conference play. Marquette handled their business against Butler, and they did so. I mean, it's still a ten point game at the break. It was 34-24, but they were plus thirteen in the third. That that's the difference in the game. Golden Eagles win 
So they're now 2-1 and one in Big E's play. Rose and Kumu with 15 points on 7 of 8 shooting and made her only 3 points after the game. Chloe Murata, who was just on the show the um, last week, 12.7 boards on 6 of 10 shooting. 10 each for Liza Carlin and Jordan King. Carlin posted a double-double, 11 rebounds, 5 for 9 shooting. Nia Clark, 4 points on 2 of 6 shooting. Off the bench. Emily LaChapelle, point, uh, 9 points in 19 minutes off the bench. They also got a 3 from Claire Cafes and a bucket each from Mackenzie Hare and Akaya Williams. Being Marquette, plus 14 on the glass, 39-25. Also forced 20 turnovers for Butler and... They still win this game handily despite only making three three-pointers, but inside the arc, pretty good. 29 of 51. As for Butler, Jessica Carruthers with 14 points on 6 of 13 shooting, 1 of 2 from behind the arc. 11 points for Sydney Janes. Uh, looking around, let's see. Rachel McLemore, 6 points in 32 minutes. Six points as well for Kendall Wingler, and she did it off the bench in only eight minutes where she was two for two from behind the arc. Five points for Tenley Dowell in 19 minutes, and then two points each for Kelsey Taylor and Caroline Strand. So Marquette up to 2-1 and one in conference play. Butler down to 0-3. Now in the final game of that, Hall of Fame Women's Showcase doubleheader. 14th-ranked Iowa State taking on number 25, Villanova. Iowa State really set the tone. They got out to a 19-point halftime lead. It was 42-23. to And as we came to learn in this game, that was too big of a hole to climb out of as the Cyclones win it 74-62. I credit Villanova for putting up a fight, but... Obviously, too little too late when they had that fight in them. Leading the way for the Cyclones, they had all five starters in double figures, led by Ashley Jones with 17 to go with 10 rebounds, 5 for 14 from the floor, 4 for 6 from behind the arc, 16 from Emily Ryan, nearly posted a triple-double. She had 9 rebounds and 10 assists. 4 for 11 from the floor, 1 of 4 from behind the arc. 14 from Stephanie Soars, 11 rebounds, and she did foul out, but 1 of 3 Cyclones with a double-double. Meanwhile, 13 points for Danae Fritz, 3 for 3 from deep, 5 of 6 from the field, 10 points from Lexi Donarski. And then only four combined points from the bench. They all came from Morgan Kane in 12 minutes, five rebounds. Big reason why, a couple big reasons why Iowa State won this game. They shot 50% from behind the arc. Out-rebounded Nova 42-25. I mean, they win this game despite turning it over 18 times. Nova just seven turnovers, but their hot shooting is a huge difference maker, as, as well as dominating the glass. Maddie Segrist leads the way for the Cats. 32 points, 12 rebounds on 9 of 22 shooting. 2 for 5 from behind the arc. Lucy Olsen at 14 points in 36 minutes. 5 for 12 from the floor. Also 2 for 5 from behind the arc. 
So those two at 46 of Nova's 62. Five points for Maddie Burke. Four from Brooke Mullen. Uh, just three points from Christina Dalsey, who is just one of nine from the floor. And then two points each off the bench from Caitlin Oriole and Bella Runyon. So Nova falls to 9-3. and three. The Cyclones now up to 7-2. and two. And then rounding out the uh, other Biggies games that happened over the weekend. St. John's. They got into some trouble with Providence. They got down heading into the 4th. They were down by three. It was 43-40, but the offense came alive in the fourth quarter. And the Johnnies remain undefeated. They go to 11-0 as they pull away for a 63-55 win. Jayla Everett, 21 points, 8 of 16 shooting, and 5 of 10 from behind the arc. Jillian Archer continuing to improve game by game. Another solid game for the Georgetown transfer. 11 points and... Four rebounds. Nine points for Kadeja Bailey. Knocked down her only three point attempt of the game. Three for eight from the field. Eight points and 14 rebounds from Raven Peoples. Six points from Mimi Reed to go with three assists. Six off the bench from Unique Drake in 21 minutes, but just three for 12 from the floor. Daniel Patterson, two points in eight minutes. St. John's had the better shooting percentages in this game. 47% from the field, 37.5% from the floor. And St. John's, they turned Providence over 18 times, hold them under 40% from the field and under 30% from behind the arc as they hold the Friars to just three three-pointers on the game. Kylie Shepard with 17 points, which was a team high for the Friars. 6 for 10 from the field, 1 of 3 from behind the arc. No one else in double figures, though. Bryn Farrell with 9. 8 for Olivia Olsen to go with 7 rebounds. Great Safosa had 8 points off the bench in 22 minutes. 6 points from Janae Crooms, who struggled from the field at 3 for 12. 5 points in 15 minutes off the bench for Nariah Scott, and just 2 points for Logan Cook in 17 minutes. She did foul, battle foul trouble. In this game. So Providence now 0-3 in the league. St. John's now 3-0. And they're unbeaten still at 11-0. And now they are in the top 25. As got something nasally going on there as I struggle to get that out. But yeah, the Johnnies in the top 25 for the first time since 2015. So congrats to uh, Coach Tartamella and his team. And then finally, DePaul hosting Georgetown. Anissa Mora was actually ready to go in this game. And believe it's crazy. I thought DePaul, like, if she plays, they win running away. But that wasn't what happened. Georgetown put up a fight, a valiant one at that. But the Blue Demons... Hold them off for an 80-71 win. They really performed well. Georgetown won the second and third quarters narrowly. They were plus two in those quarters, 32-30. But the first and fourth, DePaul started and finished strong. They outscored the Hoyas during that during those two quarters, 50-39. Morrow 
leads the way with 28 points and 11 rebounds, 8 of 24 from the floor, 2 for 9 from behind the arc, 17 for Darion Rogers, 3 for 10 from the floor, and by the way, because of her triple-double earlier in the week, she was Big East Player of the Week. Anaya Peoples with 14 points on 6 of 11 shooting, 5 boards, 4 assists, all 5 starters in double figures for the Blue Demons and did all the scoring as well. 11 points for Kendall Holmes, 3 for 5, all from behind the arc, 10 points, 8 boards from Jory Allen, 4 for 5 from the floor and 1 of 2 from behind the arc. Meanwhile, DePaul, 40.6% from the field, no, no, excuse me, Georgetown was 40.6% from the field, 25% from deep. DePaul was 41% from the field, nearly 32% from behind the arc. All five starters for Georgetown were in double figures in this one. Christina Moore with 16, 7 of 11 from the floor, and 2 for 5 from behind the arc. 13 points, 8 boards, 6 dimes for Kelsey Ransom. 12 each from Kennedy Fauntleroy and Jada Claude. Both of those players had eight rebounds. Fauntleroy kind of struggled from the field, though. Three for 15 from the floor. One of four from behind the arc. Claude was five for eight from the field. And then 10 points from Grace Ann Bennett. Four for six from the field. Off the bench, they had eight combined points. Three each from Kalia Myricks and Brianna Scott. And then two points in six minutes from Ariel Jenkins. So the Blue Demons now 2-0 in conference. The Hoyas now fall to 1-2 in the league. Now, pretty jam-packed slate between Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, right now, you have a early start. Uh, Providence Sacred Heart tipping off at 11 a.m. at SHU. Not Seton Hall, obviously. Not the other shoe. Um, but C- Sacred Heart's at 2-8. and eight. Providence, still a respectable 8-5. and five. But, I mean, they're 0-3 in the conference. So, they're 8-2 outside of the league. So, I'm going to take the Friars winning on the road. Now, at 10 o'clock, number 21 Creighton visiting number 2 Stanford. I think coming off the heels of that tough loss to Arkansas. You know, Stanford's the number 2 team in the country. But, to me, when UConn's at their best, I I think they're the second best team in the country. And when they're you know when they're fully healthy, they're the second best team in America. But Stanford at number two, I think they take care of business at Maples Pavilion. Wednesday, a lot of games on the slate, including well, I thought there were more conference games, but there is one league game that's happening on Wednesday. And it's a little Wednesday matinee, you know, kids day. Yeah. Um, And that is number nine, UConn hosting Seton Hall. Pirates, again, they're red hot. They've won seven in a row. But UConn, they got Mule back. They got Juhas back. I, I think it's a foregone conclusion UConn wins this game. But I think with how well Seton Hall's played, I wouldn't be surprised if they hang around for a little while on the road. In an early tip, another one, 11.30 in the morning, Villanova hosting LaSalle in what I believe is their final Big Five game of the season. And it is. I think Villanova takes care of LaSalle. 
And again, that's at the fin. I got Villanova winning. One o'clock on Wednesday. Number four, Indiana, unbeaten at eleven and zero, hosting Butler. Yeah, the the Hoosiers will definitely take care of business. I mean, they've been so dominant this year, and they will take care of business at Assembly Hall. Also at one o'clock. I mean, you got a lot of matinee games on Wednesday. North Texas visiting Georgetown. Also at one o'clock. I got the I got the Hoyas taking care of business against the Mean Green. Memphis and Xavier at Cintas. Memphis at seven and five. Xavier seven and four. But Memphis has been trending upward, whereas Xavier has been trending downward. I got the Tigers winning in Cincinnati. Now, Marquette hosting Colorado. The Buffs at nine and three overall. They have, you know, they have some tough opponents that they've gotten to face. They play Tennessee. They've, you know, they played a top twenty Utah team on the road in their Pac twelve opener, which they lost. I think Marquette, I just think they're in a better position to win this game. I got the Golden Eagles winning a pretty closely contested game in Milwaukee. Now, now number 25, St. John's hosting Wagner at Carneseca at 2 o'clock. Yeah, I got the Johnnies winning this one pretty easily. And then at 8.30 on FS1, DePaul hosting Louisville. The Cardinals have gotten off to a weird start. 9-4. and four. And they have some weird losses. I mean, they lost to Middle Tennessee. Um, they went, they went one and two in the Bahamas at Battle for Atlantis, and they also lost at home to Ohio State. I just think this Louisville team is a shell of what it was last year. And you know what? I think DePaul takes care of business. Give me the Blue Demons pulling off the upset in Chicago. So, yeah, that is going to do it for this edition of the Igloo. Um, not sure if I'm going to begin the combination within the next, you know, by the next episode. Because, I mean, you got two games on the women's side today. Uh, and then tomorrow, you got eight more. So, uh um, what I'm thinking here is that I'm going to have probably a women's episode out Thursday. Going to get the men's episode out Friday. And by the way, on the men's side, going to have a preview of that Christmas Day showdown between DePaul and Creighton with Zach Helms, the man behind uh, Cray Takes on Twitter. So that's something to look forward to. So probably after the holidays, that is when everything's going to be combined. Kumbaya. No more men's only episodes. No more women's only episodes. Now the conference play is going to be pretty much exclusive the rest of the way. After Christmas, it will be all together in one. Which, obviously, it's better. But the reason why I obviously divided them all up. Didn't want to give all y'all too much digest at once. You know? So that is going to do it for today's edition of the Igloo. Thank you for tuning in once more. You know, if 
I'm, I know I'm getting snow here, so if you are getting snow or whatever, hey, just be safe. Be careful on the roads. And I'll catch you next time for another edition of the coolest podcast in college basketball, The Igloo.